everyone, and welcome back to Corruption of Child Protective Services. I am your host, David Shore. Before I go into this, which is about Indiana Senate Bill number 301, I want to address something. And to two people, Teresa Zordnig of the St. Joseph County Offices of the Indiana Department of Child Services and Terry Stigden the DCS director. Ladies, I'm on to you. And also, I know the reason why. It is about Senate Bill number 301. Ladies and gentlemen, when I read this to you, you're going to understand why they are scared. I've had people on places like Facebook and even other areas who have contacted me stating that they're friends of mine. They've even friended me only to ask for my information. Things such as my driver's license and my social security number. They've tried to get access to my bank accounts. They've tried to do everything they could to find out who I am. Well, I'm putting it on notice right now. And whoever else is listening who thinks they're going to be smart, I am telling you right now, no. I do, I know that there are people watching out for me. They tell me all the time. They tell me who's coming after me. They tell me the people to block. And I have also recorded their information. This is not a conspiracy theory. Ever since I announced that I was going to do my best to testify at the next committee hearing on Senate Bill number 301. So if you want to come after me, bring your worst. I will document everything you say and everything you do. And I'm going to forward it to the people who are helping me. I'll let them deal with it. Now, Senate Bill number... 301. Synopsis of it. Child Services Oversight Committee establishes the Child Services Oversight Committee requires the committee to review case decisions of the Department of Child Services, DCS, in certain cases with negative outcomes, make recommendations to the DCS and the Legislative Council, study topics assigned by the Legislative Council, and study any other issues relevant to the activities of the DCS and improving child safety. Authorizes the committee to meet at any time at the call of the chairperson. Provides that records reviewed by the committee are confidential and may not be disclosed. Requires a local office or DCS to redact any identifying information from any record provided to the committee specifies other policies governing the committee and its effective upon passage. This is what they are afraid of. Now, the people that are adopting or introduce this, Hoochin, Ford John, Grooms, Koch, Donato, Ford J.D., Quadura, Randolph, Lonnie M., So let's take a look at this, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? Now, 
Senate Bill Number 301, a bill for an act to amend the Indiana Code concerning family law and juvenile law, be it enacted by the General Assembly of the State of Indiana. Section 1, IC 2-5-46 is added to the Indiana Code as a new chapter to read as follows, effective upon passage. Chapter 46, Child Services Oversight Committee. Section 1, as used in this chapter, committee means the Child Services Oversight Committee established by Section 3 of this chapter. Section 2, as used in this chapter, department means the Department of Child Services established by Indiana Code 31-25-1-1. Section 3. The Child Services Oversight Committee is established. Section 4. The committee shall do the following. 1. Review the case decision of the department in which either of the following occur after a child is allowed to remain in or returned to the child's home. A. A child suffers serious bodily injury from abuse or neglect in the child's home. Let me repeat that again. A. A child suffers serious bodily injury from abuse or neglect in the child's home. B. A child fatality occurs in the child's home. So, let's go over those two right now. It says a child... The review of the case decisions of the department in which either of the following occur after a child is allowed to remain in or return to the child's home. A. A child suffers serious bodily injury from abuse or neglect in the child's home. B. A child fatality occurs in the child's home. In other words, if the child was abused by the biological parents or the child died as a result of the hands of the parents. Did you hear anything else? Because I'm reading it word for word. Two, recommend to the department policy and process changes that would improve child safety. Three, recommend to the legislative council any necessary statutory changes that would improve child safety. Four, study any topic assigned to the committee by the legislative council. Five, study any other issues relevant to the department's activities and improving child safety as determined by the chairperson of the committee. Section 5. A. The committee consists of 16 members appointed as follows. Now, let me read, repeat that. The committee consists of 16 members appointed as follows. We're going to go through these before the break. One, four members of the Senate, not more than two of whom may be affiliated with the same political party to be appointed by the president pro tempore of the Senate. Two, four 
members of the House of Representatives, not more than two of whom may be affiliated with the same political party, to be appointed by the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Three, two individuals who are not members of the General Assembly to be appointed by the President pro tempore of the Senate. Four, two individuals who are not members of the General Assembly to be appointed by the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Five, the State Child Fatality Review Coordinator. Six, a member of the Statewide Child Fatality Review Committee who is a representative of law enforcement with experience in investigating child deaths. Seven, a juvenile court judge appointed by the Chief Justice. Eight, one individual appointed by the Governor. The members of the General Assembly appointed under this subsection must be members of either the Senate Committee on Family and Children's Services or the House Committee on Family, Children, and Human Affairs. The individuals appointed under Subdivision 3 Subdivisions 3 and 4 must be experts in the area of family and child services. B. Each year the chairperson of the Legislative Council shall appoint a member of the committee to serve as chairperson. So, so far, we have four members of the Senate that no more than two who may be affiliated with the same political party. Four members of the House. Again, not more than two may be affiliated with the same political party. Two individuals who are not members of the General Assembly to be appointed by the President Pro Tempore of the Senate. Two individuals who are not members of the General Assembly to be appointed by the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the State Child Fatality Review Coordinator, members of the Statewide Child Fatality Review Committee who is a representative of law enforcement, a juvenile court judge appointed by the Chief Justice, and one individual appointed by the Governor. So, as you can see, this is touching all the bases. When we come back, I will explain, go further into this. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Let's continue and see where this leads. We'll be back. And we're back. Well, we just got introduced to the 16 members of this oversight committee and Department of Child Services. Let's continue. C. If a legislative member of the committee ceases being a member of the chair chamber from which the member was appointed, the member also ceases to be a member of the committee. So in other words, that person can't leave and but try to influence the committee. That person's out once this is passed. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it, folks? D. A legislative member of the committee may be removed at any time by the appointing authority who appointed the legislative members. Remember, so in other words, if a person appoints them, 
And then later on, that same person wants to remove that member of the committee. That person can, and there's nothing that person can do. Miss Stigden, are you afraid of that? Are you afraid of this part whereby you can't just pull the wool over everyone's eyes because you've got four members of the Senate, no more than two may be affiliated with the same political party, four members of the House, once again, not affiliated with, no more than two affiliated with the same political party. you got two individuals who are not members of the General Assembly, that they be appointed by the President pro tempore of the Senate, the two individuals who are not members of the General Assembly, they be appointed by the Speaker of the House of Representatives, that the State Child Fatality Review Coordinator, you got a member of the Statewide Child Fatality Review Committee, who is a representative of law enforcement with experience in investigating child deaths, a juvenile court judge, and one individual appointed by the governor. In other words, this is completely out of your hands, Ms. Stigden. Wow. Because I think Governor Holcomb, and I might be wrong about you, but I think finally you're telling DCS and CPS to take the stick out of their ass. Now, E, if a vacancy exists on the committee, the appointing authority who appointed the former member whose position has been vacant shall appoint an individual to fill the vacancy. In other words, that same person can fill that void. But they can appoint the person, but let's read on further, see what happens. The committee may meet at any time at the call of the chairperson. That's section 6. Section 7, each member of the committee and any individual invited to attend a meeting of the committee shall sign a confidentiality statement prepared by the State Child Fatality Review Coordinator make available to the committee through the Legislative Services Agency. So in Section 7, if if I'm invited to attend that meeting, I have to sign a confidentiality statement which means that I'm going to have to get clearance on what I can and cannot say. I think the only thing I can say is that I attended. Now, whatever happens after that, well, that is a good thing because, yeah, there's transparency, but then again, there are things that could possibly harm this committee and harm the children in general and harm families. Let's put it all together. Now, Section 8, A, except that is provided in this subsection, B, meetings of the committee are open to the public. That's good. DCS doesn't like, CPS doesn't like places like this to be open to the public. Can you see why the DCS director in Indianapolis, Terry Stigden, and local people like Teresa Zornick would be very nervous about this because if they're open to the public that means the public gives their opinion that means that they tell their side of the story and hey a lot of cases who may have been considered you know substantiated because that's what DCS wants and CPS wants become unsubstantiated because then they see the truth 
Section 8B, a meeting of the committee that involves 1. Confidential records or 2. Identifying information regarding the death of a child that is confidential under state or federal law must be held as an executive session. So in other words, the governor has to be in there, or at least the executive branch, which is the governor's office. C. If a meeting is held as an executive session under subsection B, each invitee who, one, attends the meeting, and two, is not a member of the committee, shall sign a confidentiality statement prepared by the State Child Fatality Review Coordinator. Once again, whoever does this, whoever testifies, must sign this confidentiality statement. In other words, A, I attended, and that's pretty much all a person like me would be able to say. But hey, at least the word gets out. Section 9, members of the committee and individuals who attend a meeting of the committee as invitees of the chairperson, one, may discuss among themselves confidential matters that are before the committee. Two, are bound by all applicable laws regarding the confidentiality of matters reviewed by the committee. And three, except when acting A, with malice, B, in bad faith, or C, with gross negligence, are immune from any civil or criminal liability that might otherwise be imposed as a result of communicating amongst themselves about confidential confidential matters that are before the committee. In other words, they can be sued in criminal prosecution for any matters that are deemed confidential. Section 10. The committee is subject to the confidentiality provisions of Indiana Code 31-33-18 that apply to records held by the committee. Section 11, the committee shall annually report the results of its study in an electronic format under Indiana Code 5-14-6 to the Legislative Council before November 1st. So in other words, what they find out from one year to the next, all the results have to be given to the Legislative Council, that way they know what to do from there. Section 12A. The Legislative Services Agency shall provide staff support to the committee. B. The committee may employ consultants to assist it with its study. So in other words, yeah, they have consultants, but are they going to be independent consultants or are they going to be part of DCS? Section 13, except as otherwise provided by this chapter, the committee is subject to the policies governing interim study committees established by the Legislative Council. Section 14a, each member of the committee is entitled to receive the same per diem mileage and travel allowances paid to individuals who serve as legislative and lay members, respectively of interim study committees established by the Legislative Council. B. The committee is not subject to either of the following. 1. 
the maximum number of meetings that interim study committee may hold, to the maximum amount of expenses that an interim study committee may incur. So in other words, they can have as many or as few studies as they want, and they can spend as much or as little money to get the studies done. In other words, to get the truth out, they'll do whatever it takes necessary. And I think I know why Ms. Dickton and Ms. Zornick and others are so scared. So far, folks, as you can see, we are starting to see the truth. And that truth is they're finally saying enough is enough. This committee is going to take care of what needs to be taken care of. And I know that some would say, well, that's going to hurt them. No, it won't. What hurts the kids, I'm hearing about parents, if they believe the media, where the parents abused a child. One guy, he uh, got so mad at his girlfriend, and I think it was his girlfriend's child that the guy beat the child in the head with a hammer. I mean, the police got called. But you mean to tell me that nobody saw the warning signs on this guy? And I'm just not talking to men. Women do it too. When we come back, we'll continue with this. And we are back. Now, Section 15. The Legislative Council may refer any issue related to family and child services to the committee for study. If a matter is referred to the committee under this section, the committee shall study that matter and report in electronic format under IC 5-14-6 to the Legislative Council as requested by the Council. Section 16. The expenses of the committee must be paid from amounts appropriated to the Legislative Council. So in other words, uh, looks like State Congress has to flip the bill, not the taxpayers. Well, well, well. I hope you're not planning a trip to Barbados. Section 17. Before December 31st, of each calendar year, the department shall submit to the chairperson and legislative services agency a report identifying the number of times that the circumstances described in section 4.1 of this chapter occurred during the calendar year. Well, let's go to section 4. Okay, so you understand what they're talking about. If you remember that, Okay, where is it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Section 4, 1. The committee shall do the following. Review the case decisions of the department in which either of the following occur after a child is allowed to remain in or return to the child's home. A. A child suffers serious bodily injury from abuse or neglect in the child's home. B. A child fatality occurred in the child's home. So, when we go back here, sorry, 
ladies and gentlemen. So, the Legislative Council may refer any issue related to family and child services to the committee for study. So, in other words, before December 31st, that 4-1 of the chapter occurred during the calendar year, they sent an electric, they submit a report under that section, must be in electronic format under IC 5-14-6. The chairperson of the committee shall use the information received under this section to develop the committee's work program for the ensuing calendar year. In other words, if a child dies, there has to be a report and it has to go through this so this oversight committee. So in other words, Ms. Stigden, you don't have carte blanche anymore. And if you back this, I commend you. And if not, if you're fighting it, my strong advice, resign. Effective immediately. Just leave. Don't ever come back. Because what's going to happen is if you fight this tooth and nail, I'm going to be there. Now, I may not be able to tell my listeners what was said there because of the confidentiality. But I will do everything I can to let people know all about this. And I'm going to get a hold of whatever senator and congressman in the state of Indiana was willing to speak just on their opinion on this. So it doesn't break the confidentiality rule. Now, Section 18, the committee may receive and may review at the discretion of the chairperson a complaint submitted in writing by any person having knowledge of a circumstance described in Section 4.1 of this chapter. So if you know that a child is being abused and you physically see that, not that the child's playing around in the yard or something, but the child has got bruises, um... And not from, like, falling falling down or something. Or the child falls off his, uh, his or her bicycle. You file a report. Now, according to Section 18, the committee may receive and may review at discretion of the chairperson a complaint submitted in writing by any person having this knowledge. So... Please be careful, because this committee, Oversight Committee, is going to review everything before proceeding. You're not going to know the results, but chances are it may come as unsubstantiated. You still won't know the reason, but at least it'll help families. Now, Section 2 states as follows, IC 3133-181. As amended by Public Law 119-2013, Section 10 is amended to read as follows, effective upon passage, Section 1A, except as provided in Section 1.5 of this chapter, the following are confidential. Reports made under Article or IC 31-6-11 before its repeal. 2. Any other information obtained, reports, written, or photographs taken concerning the reports in the possession of A, the Division of Family Resources, B, local office, 
say the department or the the Department of Child Services Ombudsman is established by IC 4-13-19-3. B. Except as provided in Section 1.5 of this chapter, all records held by, and I want you to listen to this very carefully, all records held by, one, the Division of Family Resources, two, local office, three, the department, four, a local child fatality review team established under IC 16-49-2, five, the statewide child fatality review committee established under IC 16-49-4, or six, the Department of Child Services Ombudsman established by IC 4-13-19-3 regarding the death of a child determined to be a result of abuse, abandonment, or neglect are confidential and may not be disclosed. Now, C. All records held by the Child Services Oversight Committee established under IC 2-5-46 regarding the abuse abandonment, neglect, or death of a child are confidential and may not be disclosed. Now, let's look at Section 3. And all sections are important, folks. Let's listen to this very carefully. Now, Section 3, IC 31-33-18-1.7 is added to the Indiana Code as a new section to read as follows, effective upon passage. Section 1.7a. This section applies to records held by a local office or the department that are provided to the Child Services Oversight Committee for review under IC 2-5-46 of the decisions of the department in which either of the following occur after a child is allowed to remain in or return to the child's home. A. 1. A child suffers serious bodily injury from abuse or neglect in the child's home. 2. A child fatality occurs in the child's home. Have you noticed that they continue to say a child suffers serious bodily injury from abuse or neglect in the child's home? Serious bodily injury. And two, a child fatality occurred in the child's home. B, as used in this section, identifying information means information that identifies an individual, including an individual's one name, address, date of birth, occupation, place of employment, and telephone number. So in other words, the local offices have to redact that. Two, employer identification number, mother's maiden name, social security number, or any identification number issued by a governmental entity. Three, a unique biometric data, including the individual's fingerprint, voice print, or retina or iris image. Four, unique electronic identification number, address, or routing code. Five, telecommunication identifying information, or six, telecommunication access device, including a card, a plate, a code, 
an account number, a personal identification number, an electronic serial number, a mobile identification number, or any telecommunication service or device or means of account access. C. A local office or department shall redact any identifying information from any record provided to the Child Services Oversight Committee. So what I just read there, all that has to be redacted. In other words, they can't have it in their system because, you know, according to this, that would constitute harassment. When we come back, I'll continue with this. Isn't it getting interesting, boys and girls? We're back, folks. Now, Section 4. I see 34-30-2-1.5 is added to the Indiana Code as a new section to read as follows... Effective upon passage. Section 1.5 IC 2-5-46-9 Concerning the Child Services Oversight Committee's review of certain confidential matters. Section 5. An emergency is declared for this act. Okay. Now, this is the committee report. Now, it's just stating that uh, they insert certain things and omit certain things. Now, now page 1, delete lines 11 through 17, begin a new line blo- blocked, indented, and inserted. 1. Review the data reported by the Statewide Child Protection and Review Committee. And 2. Review services provided to child and families in any case reviewed by the Statewide Child Protection and Fatality Review Committee to A. Develop an understanding of the causes of child fatalities. B. Make recommendations for implementing changes within state agencies that will prevent child deaths and improve child safety. And C. Make recommendations to the General Assembly and the Governor on statutory policy and practice changes that will prevent child deaths and improve child safety. Okay, now, so far what I've read, I know you're probably going, well, how does this help the family? What this does is that it is putting them on notice. It's no longer business as usual. Now, Section 5A, the committee shall, one, review the data reported by the Statewide Child Protection and Fatality Review Committee, and two, review services provided to child and children and families in any case reviewed by the Statewide Child Protection and Fatality Review Committee. B, the committee shall advise the department and other state agencies on efforts to educate the public concerning, one, the incidence and cause of child deaths, two, the prevention of child death, and three, the role of the public in preventing child death and steps that members of the public can take to prevent child death and improve child safety. 
C. The committee may do the following. Meet with a local child serious bodily injury and fatality review team or the statewide child protection and fatality review team to receive a report on any case reviewed under IC 16-49. 2. Recommend to the department and other state agencies policy and process changes that would prevent child death and improve child safety. 3. Recommend to the Legislative Council any necessary statutory changes that would prevent child death and improve child safety. 4. Study any other issue relevant to preventing child death and improving child safety as determined by the chairperson of the committee. D. In conducting a review under subsection A, the committee may review all applicable records and information related to the entry or death of a child, including the following. Recorded records held by the local health department or state department of health and B. Department. 2. Medical records. 3. Law enforcement records. 4. Autopsy records. 5. Records of the coroner. Six, mental health reports. In other words, going strictly by the agents in the field no longer apply. So, mistake, then I can see why you're coming after people like me and people like this. Because this is not business as usual. This is we're going to find out the truth. And if they're lying, if this child should have been taken out, fine. And if this child should not have been taken out, according to these, there's going to be a lot of families that are going to be very happy. Some of them, like me, are going to be a little too late. But at least we can help families stay together. E, sub to IC 34-30-15 if the committee requests records from a hospital, physician, coroner, law enforcement officer, or mental health professional regarding an injury or death that the committee is investigating, the hospital, physician, coroner, law enforcement officer, or mental health professional shall provide the requested records to the committee. Okay, folks, sorry. Now, let's get back with this. A person who provides records in accordance with subsection E in good faith is not subjected to, subject to liability in a civil suit, a civil, an administrative, a disciplinary, or a criminal action that might otherwise be imposed as a result of a disclosure. Except as otherwise provided in this article, information and records acquired by the committee in the exercise of its duties under this chapter are confidential and exempt from disclosure. Records, information, documents, and reports acquired or produced by the committee are not subject to subpoena or discovery or admissible as evidence in any judicial or administrative proceedings. This next part I would want you to listen to very carefully. Information that is otherwise discoverable 
or admissible from original sources is not immune from discovery or use in any proceeding merely because the information was presented during proceedings before the committee. So, folks, I will tell you this right now. This is great. This means that if you had evidence against DCS or CPS in Indiana, if, if it is discoverable that this information that is otherwise discoverable or admissible from original sources is not immune from discovery or use in any proceeding merely because the information was presented during proceedings before the committee. In other words, Ms. Stinkton and all of you, game is over. Once this is passed, a lot of cases are that were deemed for, from a DCS or CPS case in Indiana would be able to be used, if I'm reading this correctly, in a criminal procedure because they're connected. So ladies and gentlemen, what I just read to you, this is long and short of it. Now, the report must include the committee's recommendations concerning any of the following, the implementation of a cross-agency training that the committee finds will prevent child death and improve child safety, ways to meet the technical assistance needs of the department and other agencies providing services to children, ways to fill any services, service gaps identified by the committee, Proposed changes to statutes, administrative rules, policies and procedures that the committee finds will prevent child death and improve child safety. The committee shall provide a copy of the report pre prepared under subsection A to the governor. Anyone else uh, starting to cheer on this? When I read it, I was cheering. Now there's more sections to this, which I will continue in my next podcast but I have to tell you this is the time I have been waiting for now that I know that this stuff is discoverable or admissible from original sources and that uh, they can't hide it anymore well Miss Stigden Ms. Zornick I have this to say to you. Don't like what I have to say? You know, you don't have to listen. But now, I had to get this out. So folks, as I always say at the end of my podcasts, these episodes, they're your children, they're not the government's. You conceived them, the government did not issue them to you. And now, especially those in, like, Montana and Indiana, continue fighting. And fi those in Indiana, find out when the next open general open session is for this Senate Bill 301. Find out your representatives. And above all, get in there and talk. 
tell them that this is a good idea. Looks like uh, Indiana is going to not get those big bonuses like they did before. But then again, children are not walking bags of cash. Even though Carlos Morales, he was on the inside and that's exactly what he saw. So, you Mr. Gonzalez, thank you. And for Nancy Schaefer and her husband and others, thank you. Those that came before us, they paved the way. Let's continue the fight until we no longer have to fight. This is David Shore for Corruption of Child Protective Services.